Filmmakers. Welcome to Film Dependence, a micro-budget podcast for micro-budget filmmakers. Right, first of all, no real episode this week. I'm sorry about that. My life is a little bit upside down at the minute. If you know why, then you know why. If you don't know why, I'm not going to bore you with the details of it here. That having been said, I didn't want to leave you guys with absolutely nothing. So... So, a bit of a change of format this week. I know you guys are looking forward to the second half of Mike Tao's interview and listening to his trilogy trilogy. That's going to be happening next week. Normal service will have resumed by then. I'd say God willing, but it will have resumed by then. So, this week, just going to be me on my own doing a quick one take. Just so that there's a little bit of content to this, I'm going to give you a little capsule review of the works of Christopher Nolan, purely because I remember we were discussing him briefly in the preamble for last week. And when I say the works of Christopher Nolan, I mean the films that you would think of as Christopher Nolan films. I'm thinking Memento, Insomnia, films where he was just an associate producer or cameraman somewhere or other not going to count them so things like transcendence not going to bother with things like man of steel not going to bother with obvious disclaimer of all opinions of my own they don't reflect anybody else who may or may not listen to the podcast have appeared on the podcast or in any way shape or form be affiliated with the podcast disclaimers out of the way let's just jump straight in well right off the bat tarantula and larceny i've not been able to find anywhere online so i've got no idea they could be masterpieces they could be god awful no idea if anyone's got any links to either of those shorts let me know because i'd really like to see him doodlebug thoroughly enjoy doodlebug it's one of the more imaginative shorts that i've seen in a while the black and white helps a lot it's pretty fucking good i know it's not the most well known of nolan's films but if you get the chance to watch doodlebug watch doodlebug it's, it's out there somewhere just just look for it following I could fill an episode on following. It is one of the best films you're ever going to see for this sort of milieu of filmmaking. What he was able to accomplish with what resources he had is nothing short of brilliant. Uh, this isn't really a review channel, so I'm not going to go into too much more depth of this. And plus, I don't really have the time to go into much more depth of this. But yes, following easily one of my favourite Nolan films. Would you guys actually want to listen to a full episode of me reviewing following? Let me know. It seems like a pretty easy episode to get out of the way. I don't have to book anyone. Right, anyway. Memento. I think this is the film most people would think of if they think of quintessential Nolan. He's messing around with time. He's messing around with black and white versus colour photography. It's flashbacks within flashbacks within flashbacks. It is good. It is good for a reason. There's not really a great deal to complain about with Memento, other than I think maybe a little... There's not really a great deal to complain about with Memento. It's a very, very well-structured film. Insomnia. Easily the least Nolan of all the Nolan films. I think it's... I don't think the title works very well with it, because Insomnia doesn't really factor into it that much. It's just sort of a by-the-way thing. I know it's based on a book that it was called Insomnia, and, you know, it, it's not really on him for that one, but still, it's not not a particularly Nolan-y film for whatever you want to... Robin Williams knocks out of the park, as he always 
Des, absolutely great performance from him and Pacino. Not a great deal else to say there. Batman Begins. This is round about when Nolan started to gain a little bit more public interest. And my God, what a brave film Batman Begins was. If you... Well, first of all, if you look at it from Warner Brothers' perspective, they didn't really have a great deal else to lose at that point. After Batman and Robin had just destroyed the franchise... I don't actually hate Batman and Robin. It's a fun film if you go into it with the right mindset. Let's be fair. I could probably do a review on that one one day too. Might have to actually script them ones because I don't think ums and ahs would cut it very well on a reviews channel, but we'll work that out. But yeah, Batman Begins. To take that character that everyone had recognised from such a different tone of film and do that with it you can understand why it reinvented the genre of comic book movies and just movies in general. Everyone, everyone who made a movie after Batman Begins was trying to be Batman Begins. Performances are great from everyone. Again, Christian Bale, just insane choices with his performance, but they all work. You can't really criticize that whatsoever. All right, next one, Prestige. Again, one of my favourite Christopher Nolan films, a film that I didn't actually realise was made by Christopher Nolan until after I'd watched it a few times and made my opinions of it. But yeah, if I could only watch one Nolan film from now on, it would be The Prestige. It's Everything about it is flawless. The performances are great, there's twists in it, I'm not going to spoil it here, but they are really well executed. Haven't read the book yet, not sure how well it follows the film well, not following the film is it the film's following the book but either way not sure how well they follow each other there is a word I can't think of the word Dark Knight the Dark Knight that's been discussed to death everywhere I know you already like it you know I like it Heath Ledger was great Christian Bale was still great everyone else was still great moving on Inception here we go Again, the film that people think of when they think of Nolan. And, you know, them big hands in his arms. Dream within a dream within a dream within a dream. You know, the story, you know, the twist, you know, the ending. And again, that ending is so... First of all, misunderstood. It's not a fact of whether or not is it or isn't it. It's the character's reaction to it is what's important. Again, I'm not going to spoil it, even though we're pretty sure you've already seen it. Very, very high-reaching. And again, this is one of the films that was meant to, apparently, be a smaller film to begin with. It was originally envisioned as a micro-budget film, around about the same time that he was writing Following, by all accounts. But he realised quite quickly that a bigger budget would work better for that particular story. So, again, make sure that your budget is working for the project. Take whatever lessons from that you want to take. Reappearances of a few character names, non-linear storytelling again, time dilation, it's, it's all really, really good. Dark Knight Rises, definitely could have done with a second draft of that screenplay because, my God, really, really missed the bat with that. Everything related to the filming side of it, really good, really, really pulled together what the screenplay was, but the screenplay itself was not, in my opinion very good 
There are plot holes abound. If you have seen the honest trailer with the cameos by Red Letter Media, then you know a great deal of them. Which is a little bit disappointing, really, when you consider the rest of the franchise. It's... Cinematic blue ball. It deserved a better ending than it got. I can see what he was trying to do. And again, that very, very last shot of the film, you got the two of them in that cafe. We didn't need that. We could have just ended with Alfred. Just my opinion. It's around about this time that everything started to change around Nolan. He lost Wally Fister to go and direct Transcendence. Man of Steel started to show up. Not going to bother reviewing either of them because he wasn't really involved with either of them, like I said earlier in this little episode. But then we get to Interstellar and really, really dumb. Didn't like this story either. Again, well executed. Fantastic performance by Matthew McConaughey. Fantastic performance by Jonathan Lisko, of all people. Again, everyone involved in the film is great, but I think it's around about this time that Nolan stopped trying to represent human beings in his films and just wanted plot devices. Bit of a hot take, possibly. I don't think it is a hot take. If you watch his work before Interstellar and after Interstellar, you can see a definite shift there. A shift that is absolutely epitomised in his next film, Dunkirk. And again, what a disappointment Dunkirk was. Don't get me wrong, visually, cinematically, it is brilliant. But I was watching the trailers and I was really setting myself up for you know, a good Saving Private Ryan style film than the way Nolan would. But no, there is no story. It's just stuff happening. I, again, I I like stories in films. I know not everyone does, but I do. I want if I could just have Joseph Campbell the movie, I would be a happy, 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 happy man. Dunkirk really just didn't cut it for me. As impressive as it was, and now we bring ourselves up to Tenet, which yeah, he's starting to try again with people with the wonderfully named protagonist. Not going to spoil anything of the, but again. It's another one of them films that I could probably fill an episode on because slightly different reasons this time. I think there were missed opportunities. I was watching the beginning and thinking, ah, okay, so this is going to be important later. If you know the premise of the film, you'll know why you would think that the beginning of the film is going to be important to the end of the film. But no. No, it was not. Ah, well. And then there's a few other little niggly bits here and there. I think he's slowly starting to transition back into the good version of Nolan that I personally found initially impressive and initially drew me into it. But yeah, I think by and large you need another draft here and there. Just just keep at it. That being said, I still love Nolan. I will still continue to watch his films. And I know you guys are going to love Nolan as well. But yeah, that's pretty much the episode this week. It's completely different to what I would normally do. It's just something that I'm literally about three hours before I'm uploading this to the hosting servers, just recording this in a corner of the house. Just so that there's something up for you guys to listen to. Number one, I don't want to leave you guys with nothing. And number two, I have no idea how forgiving the podcast algorithm is, so I don't want to risk incurring its wrath. Like I said earlier, normal service will resume next week with the second half of Michael Tao's interview. We've got a website that's going to be down in the show notes probably. I'll see you guys on Twitter as soon as I can get back onto it reliably. And until that time, you guys have a good week.
I'll see you soon with a slightly better episode next time. Before I go, I know this isn't a review channel and this is definitely still going to be mainly focused on interviews, but would you guys actually be listening to hearing slightly better reviews of movies than just a paragraph here and there? Would that be something worth my time and effort of actually scripting and collating my thoughts on some movies would you listen to that would you react to that let me know at film dependence one on twitter if you're interested in listening to them or if you're not listening to them i'd rather have a definitive no than a maybe so yeah definitely try and get in touch with that one and not a great deal else to say sorry for the change of pace this week and until next time that's a wrap